Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, Uncommon Sense with Leland Conway on 630 KHOW, Denver's talk station. Let the fuse and run now, brother, because you ain't got a lot of time. Don't you act surprised when it all goes to hell. Yeah, don't be surprised. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, MJ Lee, the CNN White House correspondent, just tweeted, breaking Vice President Kamala Harris has tested positive for COVID. White House says she is not a close contact of President Biden. <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs> oh, my word. I was I there was somebody on Twitter compiled like a bunch of headlines from around the world. And they were also like it was like uh, Francis Macron. You know, he won reelection. Uh, he did not take the president's congratulatory call. The president had to speak to his staff. Uh, the leaders of uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, I think it was United Arab Emirates are not taking President Biden's calls. It's we're really in a I mean, and all that on the same day that Russia is threatening nuclear war. It's like, whoa, you know, the thing. Yeah, the thing, the thing. I know what you're talking about, the thing. I know what you're talking about. Anyway, so there you go. So apparently not close contact. So I don't know what that tells you, but you can let it be what it is. I asked you before the top of the hour uh, what your take on the whole like Twitter thing was and whether or not it would matter to you. And this is kind of an interesting point. And I think this probably ties in with the way a lot of people feel about Twitter today with Elon Musk having bought it. Uh, it says, Leland, I have... I have had a Twitter account for years, but I generally do not check it very often. I am off most social media apps. Good for you. But yesterday, when it was announced that uh, Elon Musk was buying Twitter, I went on and started following a bunch of organizations and individuals. Here's where it gets really good. I am starving to hear different points of view. I feel like I'm stuck in an echo chamber with my radio and podcasts. Unless we have dialogue, we are not going to be able to move forward. I am one of the few people who listens to CNN just so I can understand how the left is getting their crazy ideas. Keep doing what you're doing. They didn't give a name. But keep doing what you're doing. Get that information from multiple sources. It matters. And yes, I fully agree. Dialogue. If we don't have this is this is why I have friends on the left, right? I mean, not like Marxists. Like if you're a Marxist, we can't be friends. Like that's too much. But if you just think the government should be bigger than I think it is, we can have a beer. And I want to hear where you're coming from because you might be a good person that really wants to help people and you might just be wrong and you need to hear what I have to say about right. But <laughs> no, but you understand. So anyway, all right. Back to this topic that we uh, dominated the show yesterday. I I am incensed by this because I have never, I've lived in a lot of states. I have never lived in a state where the legislature so brazenly insults its own taxpayers and gets away with it as the state of Colorado. It is insane to me how much crafty deception, but out in broad daylight, this legislature engages in. They literally don't care what you think. Well, they do. But they don't care that you know that they don't care that you know that they're lying. I don't know if that made any sense. But it it, it blows my mind. Like, they engage in these, like, 
weird gaslighting chicanery. I was it's, so 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 Polis comes out and is like, "We're going to send y'all a check for four hundred dollars, and eight hundred dollars if you're a joint household, and everybody's going to get the same amount." And they worked out this deal. The thing is, this is money that hasn't come in yet. Like they're projecting it's going to come in this year, and they decided to bump up what you would have gotten next year in March to this year right before the election. Jeez, can't figure out why. John Caldera, Independence Institute, on the line with us now. Sir, how you doing, man? I'm terrific, Leland. How have you been? Long time <laughs> no chit-chat. I know. We need to do this more often. It's, it's been too long. You know, well, you, you, you said something that was mm, half right. Okay. Which was this. You said, I never have seen a legislature that disrespects taxpayers more. It, while that's true, you miss the other part of this. This legislature and this governor disrespect voters, all voters, whether they're taxpayers corrected. or not. <laughs> Keep in mind corrected. that voters passed in the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, which said we want to vote on tax increases. Yeah. And then this legislature used every way to raise fees and fees yes. and get it off budget. And then we were so hacked off about it. A couple of years ago, we passed Prop 117, which said, hey, if you're going to do a large fee, you're going to have to ask us. Oh, so it was clear what the voters wanted. And so instead of asking for a large fee, the last session, they just asked for four or five huge, but just barely under the <laughs> limit under the fees, <laughs> including including a gas tax increase. Now, we've had, or, or I'm sorry, a fee increase. Yeah, I've fee, lived in Colorado fee. nearly all my life. We've only had gas taxes. We've never had a gas fee. But now we have right. a gas fee for the sole purpose of insulting all voters, whether they buy gas or not, and then to be compassionate to us poor rubes who can't afford our gas we're going to suspend our own gas tax increase that we didn't let you vote on until after you reelect all of us yes it, it it's <laughs> it really you you said something also that just hit it right on the head you said something about the phrase was out in the open yeah I've got reporter friends, and they come to Colorado, and they go, oh, my God, everything's so clean here. You know, there's, the corruption isn't the same from where I come from in the East or Chicago, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, no, the corruption is worse. It's just right out in yeah. the open, right just like what we described. We, <laughs> we pay off our special interests uh, with fee increases so that we hmm. go around that. Uh, school boards uh, do deals with bond houses. The bond houses will do the mill levy override, and in exchange, they are guaranteed to get the business. You know, right. the land deals, the, the, what goes on in the ledger, it's all right out there in the open, the scam that happens with Excel Energy where, uh, yeah, we'll give you more, um, we'll give you risk-free profit, and then now we're going to force you to do all these other ridiculous things, which means you get risk-free profit on the first power plant, and then you re when you refit it, we refit it, you get another mortgage, and then when you turn it over to uh, natural gas, you get yet another mortgage, and then you turn it over to wind, and you get another mortgage, and the ratepayer is paying for all four mortgages mm. for the same bit of electrons that are coming down the pipe. This is this is huge corruption in our state, but you yeah. hit it perfectly, Leland. It was just out in the open. 
Yeah, it, it it's um, I I don't because because I guess what I what my question is what I'm trying to wrap my head around is be is why are they allowed to get away with it? And and part of it I'm answer I'm going to answer my own question here, but I want your thoughts on this. One of the things I noted yesterday was that like the Denver Post did this big story on the governor's announcement, and it didn't really go into the the real nature of that story and the real nature of that story was, and, and I know this sounds a little bit like a, maybe a cliche that those of us who want smaller government might repeat often, but sometimes the truth needs to be repeated that this is our money. Like it, it's already ours and that they moved it up right before an election on purpose. Like to me, if I'm a journalist to me, that's the big story. Yeah. And and so part of the reason why I think they do it is because they know there's a lot of voters, not the listeners to this show, but and not the readers to Complete Colorado, the publication that you guys do. But there are a lot of voters that are just ill informed and they don't realize that when the government's giving them a check, they're giving them their own money. And the, and and if the media doesn't call them on the carpet on that, then a lot of people just don't know and they cash the check and they go vote accordingly. Right. Well, uh- when the feds gave you a check, they gave you a check of money they just made out of thin air. Mm-hmm. You know, so here it is. Colorado can't do that. We have to uh, have a balanced budget, so they can only give you money that you've already paid for, right. and therefore they're giving you your own. Or in money this case, back. haven't paid for yet. Remember, well, this is some of this is like a prebate, which is hilarious to me because I'm like, wait a minute, if you're gonna over, you you basically just mugged me. Or you here's what you did, John. The, you told me you were gonna mug me next Tuesday and steal a hundred dollars. But today you're going to prebate me 50 of that, and you want me to thank you for it. That's essentially what happened yesterday. You know, what's so wild about it is it used to be, I mean, th- this is prime stuff for a mainstream media to go after. Mm-hmm. The uh, tax increase that gets pulled back until after the election. Right. Here's a rebate that we're going to give you, a rebate, uh, your tax money back. We're going to give it to you in September when ballots go out in October. Oh, that is just very, very convenient. Um, you know, that our governor uh, and group who signed this fentanyl bill that allowed it to be a misdemeanor, uh, and now they're they're backwalking it because uh, people are dying. Right. Because, you know, and no matter how you feel about it, now they're backwalking it. And let me put out the prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if this governor finds a way to lower the misdemeanor level of fentanyl. It was four milligrams. Now it looks like it's going to be one. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets it to zero so he can beat his chest about being the Mm -hmm. law and order uh, governor before the election. It it is so patronizing. The word is duplicitous. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great movie called Duplicity. It kind of reminds me of all of this. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Clive Owens in it. Um, but yeah, it, this is, so let's, let's kind of back up here just a little bit and make sure people like understand all of the details of this. So this re this rebate that we're supposedly getting is actually a combination of this year's rebate and next year's rebate or this, you know, 2022, right? So a portion of the money that they're going to be supposedly giving us back hasn't even actually been collected yet. And they're just assuming that all of that's going to come in. The other side of this that's interesting is that a lot of taxpayers are going to be getting less than they would otherwise have gotten if that amount of money were to come in because they are determined to give everybody the same amount. So my question then becomes, how is this legal, right? Because the way Tabor works, 
I'm supposed to get back the overage proportionately, right? That's what, that's how I understand it. Actually, They've now sadly, decided one, that one yeah, of the ahead. one of the um, uh, failings or uh, missed opportunities with Tabor was to specify a refund mechanism because right. Tabor applies to all governments in Colorado, and there's some five thousand governments and special districts. And so to have one size fits all, here's how you do the rebate, uh, is, is kind of tough. And then it becomes a political hot potato a, of how you give it back. And so, of course, just like politics, you know, you think whoever paid the most in taxes would get the largest r- refund. But no, since it goes through politicians that can be swayed by um, by special interests, no, it's going to get squeezed in different ways and redistributed. But you're also missing another big part of this. This is the surplus that we have. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, this surplus would be, I'm, I'm shooting from the hip here, about four times larger if we didn't have referendum C, which passed mm-hmm. in 2005, which raised the uh, limit, and then a whole host of things that pulled money out of the budget and put it into what's called an enterprise. This is how they f- do it as fees. Right. And so those are things like uh, the mill levy freeze, the faster f- uh, fee, the um, hospital provider fee. Uh, you know, there's, and there's just a ton of these fees mm-hmm. that would have uh, brought it up even more. Last year, the, the state gave themselves $700 million worth of new tax money. Now, they didn't raise any tax rates, but by playing the fee game and moving things around, they took $700 million more a year. And they've been doing this right. year after year after year. So think about this this $400 check. You know, hey, hey great, terrific. Uh, it, should be, it should be closer to $2,000, $3,000 if they didn't do this stuff. Yeah, that's that's how that's a really big great point. Th- how big this 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 game is because they despise the taxpayer bill of rights and even today, you'll hear uh, liberals screaming. Well, instead of giving those four hundred dollars back, we need it in. I heard it. We need it for higher education. We need it. For, it's always <laughs> needed for something. Right. But, for the kids. <laughs> but we forget. We forget that. Um, Tabor saved our fiscal fannies. Let me give a real quick history lesson. Sure. We had a huge surplus in the late 1990s, early 2000. You know, the tech bubble was going big, and every other state spent their excess tax revenue. Because we had Tabor and we not yet had done all these ridiculous overrides and fees and stuff, all of that money that was over went back to the people. $3.2 billion, lots of money back then. And everyone screamed, oh, we should be putting it into education. And then the dot-com bubble burst. Recession hit. Uh, Gray Davis uh, got kicked out of office because they had massive budget shortfalls. Yeah, I remember Because that. when you spend more money in the budget, you get used to that. Remember, whatever right. you spend today, you have to spend a dollar and seven cents to, uh, next year on it. Colorado felt none of that pain because we kept our budget relatively lean because we had to give back that excess. So when the recession hit, it went right back to the amount of money that we were used to. It saved us pain versus what happened in 2008 after Ref C started allowing uh, them to take all this extra money. 
when the Great Recession happened, it destroyed the state budget now because we got yeah. yeah we got used to this higher level of spending. Yeah, that's the that's the beauty of the taxpayer bill of rights. It's not just that it asks for permission, which now they uh, don't care if you consent or not, but it also protects us from future downturns. Yeah, I, and and this is why I said earlier I'm I'm gonna what little platform I have I'm gonna dedicate to hopefully over the next few months let's get people out to vote for a legislature that will like fix Absolutely. you know will fix and this also to, will to break this be this, responsible this. What's bothering me the most about Jared Polson, I've known him for 25 years, and I like Jared. I consider him a friend, but he knows better. And so mm-hmm. when he says he's the affordability governor, yet he's passing all these fees, he's putting in the regulations, he's uh, destroyed oil and gas, our biggest industry, uh, he's destroying ranching, he's doing all these things, but yet he cares about affordability. It's, right. you know, his two predecessors, Ritter and Hickenlooper, um, they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, right. they were good guys, but you know, they were in over their heads. Polis is a policy wonk. He knows damn well that he is playing us for fools. That yeah. he is passing and putting people into the administration that are making huge inflationary moves. I did a column recently. You can get it at completecolorado.com about the Polis inflation premium. We are paying six-tenths of a percent more in inflation in Colorado than the nation, nationwide average. Wow. Why? It's just policy. Now, yeah. keep in mind, when he took over, our um, inflation rate here was a half point lower than the national average. Now it's six points higher than the Jeez. national average <laughs> in the course of three years. What makes the difference? Policy, policy makes the difference. Mm-hmm. And to say I'm the affordability governor is insulting. Yeah. I, I call him Governor McPhee because he wants to be <laughs> governor of affordability, but a quarter of our budget oh, comes from fees now. Uh, unfortunately, i got to run. John, let's do this again. Let's not uh, Leland, wait too long. always a lot of fun. Thanks yeah, for keeping you your too. eye on this stuff. It's really important. Yeah, and folks, go to Complete Colorado. If you want a good source, a compilation of all kinds of things going across the state, this is a great source for you in the Independence State Institute. You guys do great work. John, talk to you soon, brother. All right, have a good one. So when we continue, I have this story that I told you about. The uh, Supreme Court's going to rule on this uh, football coach who was fired for praying after games. We'll dive into that coming up at 331, plus a lady marries her cat. Yeah, you heard that right. 630 K-How, Denver's talk station. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, 630 How Denver's talk station. I am Leland Conway. Two ways you can contact the show. 57739 is a direct text. Just uh, started off with Leland, so it goes in the right box. And uh, we'd love to get a first name from you. If it's uh, if you're a little worried about giving us your first name, then you can give us your spy name, like this one. Uh, Leland, since we can't afford to uh, fix the roads, I will use my tax rebate to rebuild the front end of my car. Thanks, Turd Ferguson. <laughs> I, I look, I live in the Springs, so I'm going to tell you right now, I, 
I honestly, I'm trying to figure out, is there a way I can bring a civil suit against the government of the city? Because I, I've probably spent, I've probably spent over a thousand dollars in the last six, seven months doing stuff to the front end of my vehicles because of the potholes. It's unbelievable. So great point, Turd Ferguson. We appreciate you. Uh, Leland, is, it is time for a tax-as-a-tax constitutional amendment for the state of Colorado. We can get rid of all this fee BS once and for all. I, I would love for us as a state to codify into the Constitution that you know a fee is the same as a tax, essentially. Or at least come up with some kind of definition for specifically what a fee is versus what a tax is so that it can't be abused the way our state legislature is. The other way you can reach the show is if you're listening on the uh, iHeartRadio app, just go to the KHOW live stream during the show, click the microphone. You can record a little message there, send it in, and the great and all-powerful Shannon will make sure you don't say anything that the FCC will punch you in the face for, and then we'll probably play it like this one. Here we go. Leland. This reminds me of when Trump sent stimulus checks and then we got a letter signed by him before the next election. Okay. All right. Actually, that actually is a really good point. I'm going to tell you, I was against those stimulus checks and I got that letter and I was like, come on, come on. Can you do this? You're basically the, the, the caller is right. However, there's a difference in the uh, substance of the payments. As John Caldera accurately pointed out for us, the, um, the federal government prints money that doesn't exist, which is not good because this is why we're dealing with inflation now. And as I have said many times on this show, the Republicans bear some blame for that. But it's a little bit apples and oranges because, as I said at the time, I didn't think, well, here's what I said at the time. And I wasn't on the air here. The government kind of owed you that money because the government took you out of your job, right? It was a different situation. What I was against was the government ever getting you out of your job in the first place. The shutdown never should have happened. The money became necessary because the government put you out of work or most people out of work. So it became somewhat necessary, but I was never for it. I was never for the government printing money and then giving you some. Um. But this is like on a whole different level, right? Because that actually was, let's put it this way. We have to separate that it was, in fact, inflation causing. This is true, 100%. But in the moment, for every American that got that check, it was kind of like found money, right? Other than the fact that they were probably displaced from work. But it was money that came in that wouldn't have otherwise come in. This isn't found money. In other words, bad as that was... This is worse. Here's why. You're owed this money anyway. As a matter of fact, let's see if I have it here. I actually pulled a chart on this from, uh, it was Peak Politics Colorado. Had a great piece on this. Let me see if I can find it. There's the alien space story that I was going to tell you today. I don't know if I'll get to it. There's the lady married her cat. I'll probably get to that. Uh, Twitter employees crying. I'll try to get to that. Where is it? Oh, man. Yeah, here it is. It's from Colorado Peak Politics. You should check that website out. It's pretty good. Here is the chart. Okay. If you made zero to $47,000, you would have gotten 276 bucks, but you're going to get 400 So that's not fair. 
If you made forty-seven thousand to ninety-four thousand dollars, you were going to get three hundred eighty-two, but you're going to get four hundred. That's not fair. If you made ninety-four thousand to one hundred forty-nine thousand dollars, you should have got four forty-six, but you're only going to get four hundred. If you made one hundred forty-nine thousand to two hundred seven thousand, you should have got four eighty-nine, but you're only going to get four hundred. Two hundred seven thousand to two hundred sixty-three thousand, you should have got five ten, but you're only going to get four hundred. If you made over two hundred sixty-three thousand, according to the math, when you redistributed based on how people pay in, you should have got eight seventy-one. You're going to get less than half that. But the point is, this is this is already your money. This is the money they were supposed to give back to you in the first place. All they're doing is speeding up the timeline so that it can be sent out right before an election. And it's already your money that you were supposed to get anyway. Do you see the difference? It's apples and oranges in a way. I get your point about like, yeah, the the uh, President Trump did it, too. He timed his letter to go out with the stimulus package. And that was great, although that sure didn't help him much, as I hope this doesn't help the current governor and the current legislature because it is disingenuous and duplicitous. All right, now I covered up the story that I was, what did I, I can't do this job. Where is it? Hold on. Here we go. All right. So anyway, text the show directly 57739 if you want to jump in that way or if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do that by going to uh, the uh, iHeartRadio app. Click on the uh, KHAL live feed and then just click the button like that dude did. And uh, leave us a message, and we'll probably put it on the air as long as you don't say anything that would piss your mama off. Former Washington State high school football coach was fired for praying after games. He may finally be on track for a ruling in his favor after years of setbacks in the legal system. According to TheBlaze.com, Kennedy versus Bremerton School District was heard on Monday by the Supreme Court. Excuse me. I had a little snack while ago. And based on the justices' lines of questioning... It appears the conservative-leaning court was sympathetic to his cause. Washington Post reported that the questions raised by the court's conservatives indicated they believe the school district has misread the court's precedents regarding government endorsement of religion and perhaps were hostile to such demonstrations. For example, Justice Thomas questioned whether Kennedy, who uh, would have been terminated or otherwise uh, questioned whether Kennedy would have been terminated or otherwise punished had he taken a knee during the singing of the national anthem in protest against racism. You and I both know that he would not have. Justice Alito piggybacked on Thomas's question, asking what the school district's reaction would have been if Kennedy had walked out to the center of the field after the game and waved a Ukrainian flag. You and I both know that the crowd would have cheered. Justice Kavanaugh pushed back on the school district's characterization of Kennedy as an attention seeker who was using his position of authority to coerce students into praying along with him Kavanaugh suggested that it would be difficult for a coach to do anything discreetly during a game and noted that Kennedy's post-game prayers were not required activities. Now, this is where I come down on this. So long as those prayers were not required and so long as no pressure was put on the students to show up, be a part of it, take part in it, so long as they weren't threatened with playing time or access to the team because they didn't participate in this, I wouldn't care. And the Constitution guarantees his right to free speech. And part of that is his freedom of religion. And part of that is his ability to say, guys, I'm going to pray at midfield. If y'all want to join me, come join me. I have no problem with it. And I'll give you a perfect example of the hypocrisy of this, right? Um, ESPN did a really big piece on their 30 for 30 some years ago when there was a school up in Michigan. I think it was in Lansing. There's a very high population of Muslims in that area. In fact, so much so that one particular high school was about 90% Muslim. Now, 10%. 90% of the team was Muslim. 10% were not. 
So you had a situation where the team was 90% Muslim, 10% were not. And so the coach decided that during Ramadan, since they weren't allowed to be like super active during the day, um, they had to observe the holiday, but they could at night, or I think it was food. They had to eat only at night. I think that's what it was. I'm sorry, I don't quite know all the ins and outs of the Muslim religion. No offense, I'm just saying I don't know it all. But my understanding was they had to only eat at night. And so they didn't want them to practice during the day because they would get depleted of energy. So he decided, hey, during Ramadan, we're going to have practice at night. Like middle of the night. We're going to practice at midnight. So the school, so there was this big 30 for 30 piece, and it was like all loving, like, oh, how awesome is this? This school is doing this like special thing for the 90% of Muslim students, and they can do this in the middle of the night so they can eat after practice. It's so great. No one ever sued that school because the 10% of students who were not Muslim were forced to actually play along with the rest of the team in the middle of the night. So no one ever sued the school, and yet this was clearly a case where, in a way, the school was kind of endorsing religion, right? Actually, what was happening was they were not endorsing religion. I don't, I don't have a problem with what the school did. 90% of their students were Muslim. They were accommodating those students' religion. There's nothing wrong with that. In a free society, we ought to be able to come to grips with that, right? Yeah, 10% of the students were not muslim maybe maybe five percent of them were christian suck it up boys you're here with a group of 90 percent of people have this opinion suck it up go along with the flow there's nothing wrong with that we're human beings we can get along with that there's nobody oppressing these kids like yeah oh no they have to practice in the middle of the night like kids can't have all-nighters we did those all the time we would go to an all-nighter at a gym and we'd play basketball from sundown to sun up like oh you're hurting the kids no you're not hurting the kids one week a year no big deal but no one ever sued the school for that. ESPN did a big piece. They were like, oh, it's so awesome. You got one guy goes to the middle field after a game, prays, says, hey, guys, you want to join me? Because he's a Christian, we have to fire him? See, that's my point. Now, I guarantee you when the 30 for 30 special came out with ESPN, there were a lot of Christians that were pissed. Hey, you can't do that. That's not fair. You get your money. I, I don't care. I, and I happen to be a Christian, but I'm not here to tell you that you can't be Muslim or Buddhist or whatever other religion or atheist or whatever other religion you want to be. But that's the beauty of free expression, right? In that particular school, 90% of the kids were Muslim. Where I come from in Kentucky, 90% of the kids are Christian. And a lot of those schools have prayers. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we live in a society today where it's two applications of the standards, right? No one had a problem in the mainstream media. No one had a problem with ESPN doing a special on this really cool thing that happened at this high school because it was mostly Muslim. But everybody seems in the mainstream media to have a problem with this coach. Here's the deal. So long as those kids weren't forced to participate in the religious part of what was happening. I don't care what time practice is. Practice in the middle of the night. Suck it up, buttercup. Learn to live life. Don't care. But so long as those kids weren't forced to observe Ramadan themselves, I don't have a problem with that. What happened in Michigan? And I don't have a problem with this coach as long as he wasn't putting pressure on them saying, hey, you don't get playing time if you don't come out and pray. As long as he wasn't doing that, there is nothing wrong with this. And hopefully the Supreme Court will set this straight. When we continue, a woman married her cat, but not for the reasons you might think. Wait until you hear why she married her cat. I still think it's stupid, but it is kind of interesting. That's coming up at 351, 630K How, Denver's talk station. All right, text the show directly, 57739. Started off with Leland, so it goes in the right box. Follow me on Twitter, it's at Leland Show. On Instagram, at Greatly Londo. 
What are you going to find on my Instagram? Probably pictures of my wife's cat who is working for the NSA and is plotting to murder me. And I have laid out proof on my Instagram. So that's why you should follow me on Instagram. You can uh, do a quick text to the show or you can do the voicemail thing. It's not really a voicemail. It's like a talkback. So you go to the iHeart live stream on the iHeart radio uh, app, the KHOW live stream. Click the microphone. You can send us a message. So uh, we will get that for you if you want to jump in. Now, here's the headline of the day. Woman marries her cat. This is according to Blaze.com. Woman marries her cat to circumvent rental restrictions. What? Deborah Hodge, a 49-year-old mother from London, married her cat, India, so landlords couldn't evict her for breaking their no-pets rule. (laughs) People. Hodge, according to the New York Post, was previously forced to rehome three other pets due to zero tolerance regulations. You broke the rules, lady. Hodge told Southwest News Service that the cat, a five-year-old female tuxedo cat who lost a leg during a 2020 accident, is fundamentally the most important thing in my life after my children. By marrying India... I need any future landlords to know that we come as a package and we cannot be separated under any circumstances as she is as important to me as the children. Some tell me that lady's going to end up homeless. I'm just saying. Find somebody that will let you have a cat. Are there no apartments in London to let you have a cat? Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.